And so we asked our friend Bill, who's here from, he just moved, like he literally just moved here from California, pulled into town Thursday night, and he's preaching today. So let's give it up for Bill. He's going to come and share with us this morning. All right. I forgot when I offered to Aaron to help him out that I was signing up for two services. So this is an experience. I get to do it twice. Um, but yeah, my name is Bill. My wife and I, we just moved here from Los Angeles. And uh, we moved here specifically because we're really good friends with Aaron and Megan, and we've been following uh, the journey of Mosaic Lincoln. We were here on the launch day about two and a half years ago. Uh, we were here last February. I got to share my son Manny's story, uh, who we adopted just, a, just almost a year ago. Um, so yeah, it's awesome to be here, to move to Lincoln. Funny that Nebraska paid, played UCLA yesterday, but I'm not a UCLA fan, so don't hurt me. But um, I want to, uh, we're starting a new series today called People of the Second Chance, and uh, I just want to share a little bit of my story. Uh, we've, a little bit of a way that, you know, I kind of got a second chance at life. And so I want to take you guys on a journey way back to the year 2000. Who remembers the year 2000? So... Uh, the year 2000 was an awesome time for me. I was a senior in high school. We survived Y2K. Uh, it's when baggy pants were cool. Uh, and Creed was at the top of the charts. Who remembers Creed? Can you take me higher? Come on. You know you were rocking it on your CD player in your car, just as I was. But Justin Timberlake, he was heading up in sync. Uh, and I may or may not have had bleached, blonde, frosted tips in my hair. Um, did anyone else ever have frosted tips in their hair? Don't lie. I'll hand it the back. Does anyone still have frosted tips in their hair? Okay, sorry if I offended you. <laughs> but yeah, so it was the year 2000, and I was heading out to California from Chicago, um, where, I, where I grew up, to visit my cousin. And my whole life, my cousin actually, when I was younger, he lived like a block away from me, so we were best friends. He used to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Tittles. Tittles? <laughs> sorry. I just... <laughs> got choked up. <laughs> Turtles together. And uh, we used to trade baseball cards, but he would always somehow get my best cards out of me. And I, and I didn't care. I mean, I really liked my cousin, so I kind of just wanted his approval, I guess. So I was just like, whatever. Take all my best baseball cards. Because um, we thought back then they were going to be worth something someday, but they're not. But um, yeah, so I mean, we were just really close, best friends. Uh, I smoked my first cigarette with my cousin Scott. He was a great influence on my life. Um, and so I was going out to visit him. I just graduated high school. My parents, for a graduation present, they gave me plane tickets out to California to visit my cousin. So I was really excited. And I get there, uh, and things were a little bit different than they were in the past. Uh, my cousin, he was starting to hang out with some different friends, different crowds. And everywhere you went, people seemed to be drinking or smoking pot. And I stayed strong for the first couple days, but peer pressure got a hold of me. And so eventually, um, because I was so curious, um, I'd never really done these things before. And it just, it just began to just, you know, nag at me. And I'm like, I wonder what that's like. I wonder what that feels like. So I started joining in. Uh, and this happened because I was there for like two weeks, about a week, week and a half straight, every single day. Um, and then it got, it got real all of a sudden. So... A friend came in to uh, hang out with us, and I hadn't seen him yet. He was out of town, and this friend brings out a bag of cocaine. And I felt that same curiosity, felt that same twinge, felt that same 
feeling of, I wonder what this is like. Um, and even mentally, I began to accept the fact to say, yeah, you know, I could just try this one time just to see what it's like. And the second that thought went through my head, I felt God speak to me so clearly, and I felt him say, if you do this, it's going to destroy you. And that was like a punch in the stomach. And I just, I realized that the choice that I made next was going to be one of the most powerful decisions that I made in my life. Um, because there's so much power in the choices that we have, so much power in the choices that we have every single day. Uh, there's this passage in Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 19, it says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live. And when I think about the series, People of the Second Chance, and I think about the idea of the choices that we have, um, and the significance of the choices that we have, I think about uh, the Apostle Paul. When I think about, in the scheme of all the characters in the Bible, the Apostle Paul is kind of the epitome of a second chance. He was a persecutor of Christians. He was a Christian killer, pretty much. Um, trying everything to stop this movement. And then he has this miraculous conversion one day. Um, and I want to read through that with you guys in Galatians chapter 1. So for the people of Second Chance series that we're doing, we're going to be going through the book of Galatians. So I want to read together um, Galatians chapter 1. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, open to Galatians chapter 1. It'll be on the screen as well. Here we go. Paul, an apostle sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to his will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preach is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I was immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that, I, that what I am writing to you is no lie. Later I went to Syria and Sicilia, and I was, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report, the man who was formerly persecuting us 
is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. What's amazing about this passage of Scripture is how he begins to talk about how you accepted the gospel. You made a choice to accept um, this gospel of grace, and now you're going back to your former ways. If you read later in Galatians chapter 3, um, he even says, did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or, did, or by believing what you heard? And then he says, um, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? And I kept thinking about it and it's like, why, why would you go back if you have this, this grace and it's this idea that Jesus came and he came to set us free, free from law, free from works, and he just wants to forgive us. Why is it so easy to go back? Um, and what I began to realize is that's easy. It's easy to do stuff uh, that doesn't mean anything to you. It's easy to just go through the motions. It's easy to do traditions or rituals or even work sometimes um, because it kind of makes you feel good. What's hard a lot of the time is accepting grace because a lot of times we don't feel like we deserve it. It's hard accepting a second chance because we know that we're not good people all the time. We know that we've made decisions that have caused part of our souls to die. We know we've made decisions that have inflicted others and caused parts of them to die. Our family, strangers. And it's hard because a lot of times we don't feel like we deserve grace. It's hard to accept it. But as we talk about becoming people of the second chance, the first step is you just need to choose to, be, to embrace the second chance. It's a choice of forgiveness. It's a choice to believe. Because sometimes tradition and rituals and works are easy. What's hard is looking deep in our souls, seeing the junk that's inside there, admitting that we're not perfect and that we need forgiveness and asking for it, and embracing a second chance. Embracing life again. And so I'm sitting with my cousin, and um, we uh, were there, and God says to me, if I do this, it's going to destroy me. And for the first time that week, I actually said no. And I wholeheartedly believe that if I did not hear God so clearly in that moment, I would have said yes. I really would have. I felt it. I felt that curiosity. I felt that desire. And I said, no. I made a choice. And I chose life. And I really feel like that was an extremely pivotal moment in my lifetime. Because what happened in that moment is my life began an entirely different trajectory. Even though I didn't know it right away, now when I look back on it, I'm such a drastically different person because of that decision I made. And you're here today, and I know that each one of us has a different story. Each one of us has a different journey, different struggles, different things in our life, different moments of pain, whether we inflicted it upon ourselves or someone inflicted it upon us. And God is here offering us a second chance before us, in front of us, to become a person of a second chance and to just embrace and believe that. And another layer that I love about this passage of Scripture um, I lost my place, but I think I have it in my notes. It's at the end. It's the last verse, verse 23. He says, Those who used to persecute me is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. We're talking about Paul here. And they praise God because of me. I love the fact that he actually says they praise God because of me. 
Because of the change that they saw in his life, because they saw him go from a persecutor, a murderer, to practically the leader of the way, and they praise God because they see the change that happened in his life. And what we began to realize is that when we embrace the second chance, when we become a person of the second chance, we become a carrier of life. And people will end up praising God because of us. And so um, I was texting my friend last night because uh, I had all of five hours to prepare last night for today. So I was texting him kind of freaking out like, hey, I need some ideas. I'm kind of talking about, you know, choices that we have in our life. And so he, te- he was reading this book and he texted me uh, some, some quotes from this book that I want to share with you guys. Um, it's a book that basically talks about suffering being instrumental in experiencing life the way that God intended. And it says, The hero's journey is always an experience in the excess of life, a surplus of energy with plenty left over for others. The hero has found eros, or life energy, and is more than enough to undo thanatos, the energy of death. People of the second chance were carriers of life. The choices that we make can bring life into the world can bring life into someone else's life. And we can actually, people can praise God because of us. I want to share a few stories with you guys. Um, Can we put the first picture up? So I want to talk to you about some people. This is my grandma, Etta. Isn't she adorable? Uh, And that's my son, Manny. So this is uh, the second time she got to meet Manny. And my grandma, she's just, she's a rock. She really is. She's one of those people that's always praying for you. And she says, oh, I'm praying for this. And it's like, how did you know that? Because I haven't really talked to anyone about that. And the amazing thing about Grandma Etta is uh, she adopted two kids herself. Uh, She adopted my dad, actually. My dad was 17 months old when he was adopted. And the thing about when you're adopted at such a late age in life, um, there was a lot of issues that my dad had. He was quiet. He would stay by himself. She would find him hiding in the closet. And all these things, and uh, even any time she got in the car with my dad, he would freak out because he thought he was going to a new home. He thought he was going to another place. And she would sit in the car with him, and she would say over and over again, I love you. You're my son. This is your home. I love you. You're my son. This is my home. Because in that moment when she gets my dad in her household, she has a choice to make. She can be angry that she has a kid that is so quiet and out of it, or she can choose to love she can choose to bring life into his life. And she raised my, my dad to become the amazing man that he is today because she chose to constantly be a carrier of life in his life. Uh, the next picture is my friend Jack. My wife and I, we lived in Scotland for four years, and we were part of youth ministry in this small church. And Jack was one of the teenagers in our church. And uh, the teenagers in Scotland are crazy. So you guys think teenagers here are nuts? Teenagers in Scotland are a whole another level. They're just nuts. Jack was one of the nuts ones. He was, he was crazy. He would never listen. Um, but there was moments in time where I knew we would do something. We'd have an experience where things began to change. Things began to click. And so being gone from Scotland for the past five years, we went back and visited a few weeks ago. And just seeing his life and seeing how it's transformed, um, seeing the second chance that he's had at life, Because his life was on a certain trajectory. He embraced life, became a person of a second chance, and now he's practically leading the youth ministry at the church in Scotland. And it's thriving. A lot more kids go than when we went there. Um, But it's just, I I love Jack. I love just seeing him and seeing what he's doing now. 
Uh, and the last picture that I want to share with you guys, that's uh, our family. See, I'm a Cornhuskers fan. There you go. That proves it. I was in Los Angeles then as well, just so you know. But that's uh, my son Manny's um, birth mom, uh, Andrea. And I shared Andrea's story a little bit with you guys last February, but she's been someone that's constantly inspired me because what I realize is, you know, she's, she's in this place where she's found herself in an unplanned pregnancy, and she has choices to make, and she chooses life. And then she knows deep inside that she, uh, that she's just not in a place where she can raise Manny. And she selfless, selflessly makes the decision, I need to place my child in someone else's care. And for me and Nicole experiencing infertility, we wanted so desperately to um, have a son or daughter of our own. And she chooses, to, she chooses us to raise her son. And she's brought so much life into our life, so much healing, so much love into our life because of her sacrifices and the choices that she makes. Because, because we're all, we all find ourselves in a place where we make bad decisions. But what's the decision that we come next? We can perpetuate it, we can perpetuate death, or we can choose life. People with a second chance. And as we sit here today, I think we can all resonate with that. We can, we can resonate with places in our life, even right now, decisions that we made this week, decisions that we made last month, that have put us in a place where we feel like we're dead inside. Or decisions that we've made and choices that we've made to hurt others. Uh, the Iroquois Nation actually had a saying in regards to decisions that they make is, what is this decision going to do seven generations from now? What if the choices we made had that much power and that much effect that we thought about the choices that we made, that it was going to affect seven generations from now? Choices are powerful. The choices that we, have, that we make in our life have the power of life and the power of death. So I beg you, choose life. Become a person of the second chance. Embrace forgiveness. Embrace love. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this community. Thank you so much for Mosaic, for the city of Lincoln. God, I pray that we will become a community of second chances. God, I pray that we will make an impact on this city and that when people see us, they know we've had a second chance at life. And just like the Apostle Paul was headed in a certain direction in their life and he went drastically in a different course, God, I pray that people will see the same thing in our life and that people will praise your name because of the changes and the choices that we make. Choices to believe you, choice to trust you, choices to follow your voice. So now, in this place, you're speaking to us. You're saying things to us. Choices that we've made. God, I pray that we will embrace forgiveness. God, I pray we will embrace your love. God, I pray that we will trust you, trust Jesus with our life. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Cool. I want to do one last uh, thing with you guys. Um, if we could put the slide up. Who here is on Instagram? Who has no idea what Instagram is? You could talk to your grandkids. They'll, uh, they'll let you know. But 
here's what I want to do. So um, there's a lot of selfies out there, and they're really annoying. But I want you guys to do a noble selfie. So this is a good thing. And if you're too embarrassed to take a picture of yourself, have someone else take the picture. But this is what I want to do. If you embrace this, if you want to become a person of the second chance, to say, I've had a second chance at life. I've embraced this. Or I want to be a carrier of life. I want to be a person of the second chance that I bring life into the world. Is I want you to take a picture and post it to Instagram. There'll be one less food picture in the world. Is this like the Oscars? Am I getting kicked off? I'm just kidding. I thought like my tie was up or something. <laughs> I'm just easy. But so here's what I want you guys to do is take a picture and tag Mosaic Lincoln and then hashtag Mosaic people the second chance. Include the E. I think it just got cut off by the projector. Um, that's not a spelling error, I don't think. Maybe it's my fault. But yeah, just take a picture or take a picture of someone else. Similar to the stories of Jack, story of Grandma Etta, story of Andrea. Take a picture of someone else and tell their story. How have they had a second chance at life? Because what would be amazing is for Lincoln to see, our friends to see, all these second chances. All these people who said, I've had a second chance at life, and I want you guys to know it. So let's do that, and then let's see uh, just the hundreds of pictures that show up because of that. Thank you so much, guys.